What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, as always, I am your host, Nick Faribault. I write for Pittsburgh Sports Now, call games at WPTS Radio, and I am a production assistant for ACC Network. And today we're going to talk about a few Pittsburgh transfer portal prospects, Philip Alston and Nellie Cummings. Could the Pitt Panthers have a men's basketball revival with the help of the guys from the Pittsburgh area. We will talk about the my thoughts on them at the next level, the chances Pitt might land them, and how it would change Jeff Capel's outlook in 2022-2023. All of that is coming up today on Locked on Pitt. Our Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. If you are watching this, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, turn on the notification bell. If you are listening to this, make sure to leave a review, re- good, give me some feedback, and not make this as good as possible without you guys. Now, folks, today I'm going to talk a little bit about Pitt men's basketball and some of the early guys that seem to be heavily on Pitt's radar, specifically due to contact and meetings with the local Pittsburgh transfers, Nellie Cummings and Philip Alston. Alston, I call you guy, D2 trying to come up to D1, but maybe the ACC and get even further up the, the tree, if you will. Nellie Cummings, a guy from Colgate, played at Lincoln Park, also has a younger brother, Brandon, who got offered by Pitt this week. So the Pittsburgh area powers with B certainly coming up and coming up big here. And so let's start off with Nelly Cummings because I, I think he's the one guy that you have a proven track record for. You have seen what he can do at the Division One level. Yes, it hasn't necessarily been against top teams, Patriot League with Colgate, but Nelly Cummings has proven to be a consistent winner during his time at Colgate. And this is something that Pitt has needed just guys that know how to win guys that know what a winning team looks like. And this has been something that Nellie Cummings has brought out. And so when you look at Nellie Cummings and what he had done this year, a really solid season for Nellie Cummings, right? You know, some games where the assists were much higher than you would expect. And so He's not, and here's the thing about Nelly Cummings. You know, I, I say he's not a true point guard, and I want to say that and specify that because 110 assists to 74 turnovers, not as efficient as a point guard necessarily, but he's an efficient ball handler. And I think that's something Pitt doesn't necessarily have. You know, Femio Ducali's assist numbers are up high. Because when he's on, the guy is really on and can be a kind of point guardish player. But the bigger thing when you kind of look at what he brings is that Femi 
is much more inconsistent with his handle, much more inconsistent against pressure. Nelly Cummings is kind of this calming force that doesn't turn the ball over a lot. And so those are mainly accumulated over time. In games where maybe he was forced to try and do a little bit too much. But every time he actually went up and, say, faced a better team, it's not like those assist numbers went down. In fact, he had seven assists against Syracuse, zero turnovers in that game against Pitt, three and three. So Pitt had a little bit more success, if you will, but still a good game against Pitt for Nelly Cummings. Wasn't like he was completely devoid of any production in that game. I mean, putting up 17 points aside from that is something that he can do. So he's a bit of a, a scorer as well. And I think that's kind of what his main thing is. You know, not going to be a guy that is a true point guard. And again, Pitt needs that true point guard, but he can man the point, but he's a kind of combo guard. They don't have. And, you know, we talked about this with Jamar Brown. He felt like kind of a little bit redundant with the type of guards they have, the type of combo guards they have. Nelly Cummings isn't really that type of player. He's different from Sabandi because while Nike Sabandi is a true slasher and penetrator, I think that, one, Nelly Cummings is a more natural ball handler and a more natural guy that can run the ship, if you will, than Sabandi. Because Sabandi's more of a two. Yes, he's kind of a combo guard type, but ideally you don't have him manning the point. Burton's more of a physical guy that's going to come in and try to barrel downhill, make some mid-range jumpers and, and all that. And that's not Nelly Cummings and what he does. He's more of a quickness type guy. And then Femio Ducali is a lengthier, longer type of wing body that's going to play out in the perimeter. But he's also going to ball handle and try to use his size and skills at his size to make him more tough to defend, tough to score against, all of that. And so Nelly Cummings brings with him some interesting characteristics. One, a 36% three-point shooter. Not bad. Pitt will take a, a shooter that can shoot 35% or more. Again, it's not a it's not a great stat, but Nelly Cummings does have that in his arsenal. He can shoot three, and you'll see he's kind of a streaky three-point shooter. But the cool thing is when he's not on, he often is, is able to have good court vision and find guys that are open. He's able to slash and get inside and make good things happen in the paint. And he's quick enough at an ACC level to where this production doesn't disappear when he goes up against good teams. I mean, against Wisconsin, for example, he scores 20 points. Again, he scored 17 against Pitt. He had that really good game against Syracuse where they could not stop him. They could straight up not stop him. He had he had 18 points in that game with seven assists. And then when you looked at what he did against NC State, 20 points in that one. So we're talking about a guy averaging around 20 points when he went up against good competition this year. Nelly Cummings was very good in those games. And he was exactly the type of player that Pitt needs, right? The type of guy that doesn't turn the ball over a ton. He's pretty efficient with the ball handling usage he has. He has multiple modes to attack. So when he's not off, so this is not like an Ithiel Horton situation where if Horton's off, it's an issue. Now, you might not get a great defender in Nelly Cummings. You certainly get an opportunistic one. I'm not sure you get a great on-ball defender with him. But I think what you do get 
is a guy that can really add an offensive jolt, can add some spacing to the floor, can add some quickness that you might not have in the guard room, and could probably start for you. And I think that's something that's very reliable. Pitt needs these guys that are pretty consistent all around. You have some pieces that you feel might be consistent enough and guys like Hughley, but you don't really have that at the guard spot necessarily because of how easily worn down it felt like Jamarius Burton became. And, and obviously Sabandi coming off a torn ACL and Femi, when he is off, he is not good offensively at all. He can still give you good production on the boards and good production in terms of defensive efficiency, but he's not going to give you much offensively. Cummings is going to give you offense almost every night. A guy that has consistently proven to be able to do that finish at the rack, a good free throw shooter as well, cannot never overlook the free throw part of this as well. Nelly Cummings has been pretty consistent in 82% free throw shooter. Can always use guys like that. Feisty, tough guy that will fight. A, a local kid as well who knows what the pit brand of basketball is like. And that veteran type of player that you really like. And I do have a specific comparison I really like for Nelly Cummings. And I think that, you know, when you look at him, there are some elements of, of a Charlie Moore in there a veteran presence who knows how to win, has been around the block, can man that point guard position to a degree, bit of a combo guard score, has a few modes to him, uh, maybe not the primary point guard, a traditional point guard, if you will, but I think he can do it, and I think he's going to be efficient in his touches when he is the ball handler. I think that's what's something that Pitt is going to need to look at and seriously consider as they continue to go in the portal. And, and I'll talk about their likelihood of landing him. We will also talk about Philip Austin and his skill set. But first, let me let you know about Built Bar because, folks, spring is around the corner. Summer will be soon as well. Do you want to get in shape and get that body right? Well, check out Built Bar because this is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is nothing like anything else you've ever tasted before on the protein bar market. And also, Built Bar has spe special Puffs. Puffs are protein-infused marshmallows. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they are covered in 100% real chocolate, just like all Bilt Bars, including Puffs, which are covered in 100% real chocolate. But here is the thing. Bilt Bars are low in calories, low in sugar, low in carbs, high in protein while having the taste of an actual candy bar. You get the deliciousness. You get the health benefits with Built Bar. So all you have to do is go to Built.com right now, use the promo code LAC15, and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast. We're continuing to talk here through some of Pitt's transfer portal exploits. Nelly Cummings, obviously, being the big one. Thus far, so what is the likelihood that Pitt lands Nelly Cummings, and kind of where do we stand here in terms of right now? Do I think that they can land him? First, I think it's likelier than you think, and I think it's not going to be surprising if he commits here soon. Now, I think any smart guy that hits the portal is going to take their time a little bit to figure it out, unless there is one hundred percent something you have worked through the back channels already. Which, trust me, certainly does end up happening, absolutely does end up happening. But Cummings, I think, will take some time. 
again, an older guy too, so he could go overseas if he gets a more lucrative offer there. He's talked about that before, potentially going pro in terms of, okay, we have specific things that we need on this team, say in Greece, and we're going to offer you money and you're going to get more than you and NIL deals, which makes sense. But Cummings, I think it's really likely. They kind of full-court pressed him. He's already been on campus. They've already had an in-home visit with him. And yes, you know, that it's possible that can happen because he's so close by. And yeah, that's that's a big advantage for Pitt. But also, you're making the biggest impression on him right away. Again, he knows what Pitt's about. He knows the program. He knows you're going to sell him on it. And you give him that playing time at an ACC level. And if he's looking to really further his pro career, pro exploits, potentially, that's where you get him in there. And if you know he's won a lot, been to the tournament already, is it going to be as big for a guy like him? I'm not certain. So, yeah, you visit Nellie Cummings, and now all of a sudden you have things that are looking really good. I think that Cummings would be a really good start to this transfer portal season. I think he's a must-land right now. It seems like they have their foot in the door here. He seems like he is leaning pit, and I think that this is one that they really need to land. I think Nelly Cummings is a big-time prospect for them to land here. Now, Philip Alston, the Cal U transfer, is a little bit different. It's a little bit tougher trying to project up from a Division II school to the ACC. Because that's such a massive leap, right? That's such a leap that's not as easy to say, okay, here's what he's got. This is what he does. And there are things that when you look at Austin, he brings to the table. One of those things is amazing athleticism. Jumping out of the gym. I mean, f- watch Philip Alston's tape. The guy has rockets attached to his basketball shoes because he absolutely gets up and he is explosive. An explosive player. And that is something to always look at. Because Philip Alston is really dynamic in that way. Really good. He has a, a similar feel to a Justin Champagne-like player in terms of his understanding of rebounds. You know, he's bouncy. He's really got this innate feel of just, okay, the ball's going to land here and here, so I'm going to get this rebound. He's only 6'6", and this is kind of where the issue comes in. He's only 6'6". He played the 5 for Calhoun. So when you are projecting up, that's not just an undersized four. That is an undersized four. That's ideally like a three or a two. I mean, that's guard size. I mean, Femi Odukali is six five. So Alston, you would hope, could be able to shoot, but that's not part of his game. And so it, it's it's a question of where is his ceiling, right? He attempted a few threes. I mean, he attempted enough threes, but he was 19 of 71 from downtown. That's good enough for 27%. Not great. Very efficient at the rack. Again, averaging 21 points and 11 rebounds. And he has that innate feel of a natural rebounder with that explosiveness and what he brings to the table. Also a guy very, very good as a shot blocker. 62 blocks, but again, he's 6'6". So 
how do you translate a shot blocker at the D2 level with explosiveness who's a really good rebounder and can finish inside? How do you project that to the ACC? He's, he's an undersized, undersized four. And so say he does come in and he starts, you know, at the four, I just I, I can't see that working out. Doesn't mean I think Philip Alston's a bad player. And again, there are traits that I talked about. The physicality down low, the athleticism, the innate feel down low to, to hedge screens. Takes a lot of charges. You can see that on his film. Very smart basketball player. Not going to make a lot of dumb plays. Pretty good passer for his size, which is nice. You like to see that. But he's, he's probably going to be more of a backup guy. Think of him as a juiced-up Chris Payton, if you will. You know, Chris Payton was all athletic upside, didn't know much about. He was more athletic than basketball player. Alston's a basketball player with athletic upside. That's the difference between those two, but he's very similar in that mold of a Chris Payton. But Alston is going to be a guy that's going to come in and be ready to play minutes. He will play minutes. Say he lands a pit, he will play minutes. Make no mistake about this. This is a guy that will come in, and this is a guy that will play enough minutes. But the translation to the ACC level, a little bit tougher for him coming from D2, and more importantly, a little bit tougher for him to kind of shake out everything, right? Because if you are coming from Division two, you're undersized, you're a rebounder, shot blocker primarily, who finishes down low with physicality, going to be a little bit tough. But the game can come to him easier because he has this feel of heading screens. He's a good screen setter, so you can get a bit better, more ball movement off the pick and roll action, whatever it might be. So there's plenty of, of objects there that he can use in terms of the dynamic screen game that he plays. He's a guy that can be the roller down low, and he's athletic. He brings a lot of high basketball IQ, so he will be ready. But he can give you solid bench minutes. He can be one. He can be the Collier replacement and be ready to give you 10, 15 minutes in a pinch or if he's having an on-night 20-25. So that's the type of guy I think you're looking at here with Philip Olsen is on a good team, you're going to see him get pretty solid minutes. And that is exactly what you need in terms of the bigs, right? You need the starting four still, but you need a backup guy that you can trust to come in in a pinch. Say, you know, Hughley gets in foul trouble or whatever, you need someone there that can come in and, and dispel the waters. I think Austin can do that. I, I think he has that upside to where, yeah, he's undersized, but he has also that upside to where if things translate well, if that Nate feel for rebounding translates well enough, if – Guys just can't match his physicality. This is a guy that even at the next level can have games where he really just goes off and he has that type of upside where he can have big games. It won't be every night, but he does have that in his arsenal. So I like that about Philip Austin. Now we'll talk about their likelihood chances of landing him. Still has plenty of high major offers and interest. However, first, let me let you know about Bet Online. Because after months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champions this coming week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds, contests, and player props that you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all leagues this season. 
And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing to talk through about some transfer portal additions for Pitt and Philip Alston here, the guy we're talking about, the Pittsburgh area connections, of course, with Cal U and Nellie Cummings being from Midland up there playing at Lincoln Park. And so when you look at Philip Alston, you got him on campus for a visit. That was not something that I expected them to get very early on. Again, another local guy, and they are doing a nice job with these local guys of getting them on campus. That's something you need to do, right? But plenty of interest from Alston, from Loyola Chicago, Iowa State, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Ole Miss, St. Bonnie. Um, I mean, there, there are enough interested teams here. Pitt's going to have to fight for Philip Alston. Not going to be a walk in the park, but they were the first ones to get him on campus. And so he came away with a lot of good things. Jason Capel had an in-home visit with him, too. They're pressing him hard. That's a good thing. Anyone that comes within Pitt's territory that can be a solid contributor should be a Pitt Panther. And Alston's one of those guys. And so I think they're pushing him hard. It seems like he's going to wait a little bit before making his decision, wants to explore around a little bit. But let's be real here. Pitt has gotten in early, and Pitt has made an impression. And that means something when you're in the portal. Make an impression on these guys. Feel like they're going to be big-time compliments. You let them see the facilities. You let them see all that they have. And with his athleticism, could do a lot and guard many positions. And so that's the thing. That's the thing. When you look at Alston, this is a guy that can come in and make things happen off the bench. And that's what they need, and I think the likelihood of landing him is solid. I, again, it wouldn't surprise me if they start off this class with two Pittsburgh-area guys in Cummings and Alston, and I think that would be a really start, a really good start to this class for Jeff Capel, someone that you needed a good guard that can space out the floor a little bit, work off the pick-and-roll action, is a really efficient player with his touches, a guy that consistently has proven the ability to do so, and then you also have the juxtaposition with Alston, yes, an undersized four, but a guy that can come in and replace Collier and give you the minutes you want at the four. And so I think that's solid. So if, if you land these two guys, how much of a needle is moved, I guess? So there is a needle moved there. I, I can't say it's a drastic needle, and I want to preface that. You know, you have a lot of open scholarships right now, but the needle is not going to be significantly moved until you get another very consistent scoring option. Ideally, you would have at least two starters in the portal, right? Two through the portal, a four, and then probably another guard. So Cummings would be one of those starters, and then you'd have to get a four. It wouldn't be a bad idea to get three, though. If you can push Burton or Sabandi to the bench, one of those two guys to the bench, or both if Femi takes a step. That's it's ideally what you want, right? You don't necessarily want 
Jamari Spurton playing 30 minutes a game unless he's really on that night. So when he's having an off night and he's getting worn down a little bit with his physical style play, and this is why I think Burton's more of a 20-25 type guy than a 30-35 type guy. He'd be your sixth man off the bench rather than, say, a true starter that's going to really take that to the next level. But I think what you're going to get is if you can get Cummings to start there as that combo one-two type guy with whoever they choose to work off him with, whether that's Femi, whether that is Burton, whether that's Sabandi, I think it gives you a lot of options. And so I'd like that move in the guard room. I think the guards there, if you add him, would work. And then I think you need probably one more guard slash wing type, you know, a two or a three that can come in, shoot the three. And Jason Roche, who they are talking to right now, is a guy that would make sense there. And we'll talk about him a little bit as it maybe it appears that's ramping up a little bit more. But that's the type of guy that you could see come in and make a lot of sense for Pitt, right? So they, they, they need some shooting still, but Cummings is going to be a pretty solid shooter. And Nike Sabandi coming back himself – they're going to get more three-point production. Again, people kind of forget, I feel like, what Nike Sabani brought to the table. And I've seen a lot of people say, yeah, the guy's pretty replaceable, but he had this burst of athleticism that no one really has, and it's not exactly common to find guys with this type of burst in athleticism. And again, a really good three-point shooter, a 44% three-point shooter the year before he got hurt. So you're going to get naturally more shooting there, more spacing, more athleticism. You're going to become faster. You're going to become more up-tempo. And that's going to be something with Nelly Cummings that will change as well. You go to more up-tempo, you get more transition buckets. So you change the tempo a little bit from, say, a slower type of style into this kind of hyper-offensive, very fast style where you're pushing the pace. You are dictating the pace and changing how you're playing from one year to the next, you're not going to be passing the ball around. It's not going to be stacked. You're working off different types of screens. You are pushing the pace quickly. And that's something that Pitt's going to need to do. I think that's a style that they need to do. They need more shooters that can space off the floor when they're in their static half court, of course. And that is a need, but also I think working up tempo a little bit more, being able to push the pace was something they didn't do enough last year. And Nelly Cummings being the primary ball handler, would be able to do that. And that's a place where they would have a needle mover. He's a guy that can dictate the pace, change pace, change the speed of the game, and really be a leader there who knows how to win. I think that is a needle mover move. Alston, again, you get quality depth in the front court, which they need. It's just John Hewley right now. No Maximonison's there. We haven't seen anything to suggest Maximonison's going to be a big-time contributor there. They'll still need a starting four, and maybe you get another guy in there if we, there's another transfer, whatever it might be. But you need to get quality front court depth, and Alston's going to be that. A 3-4 type hybrid, undersized at that, but the hops, the athleticism, the ability to defend all these different spots, and an innate feel for spacing on the court and the way to go out and get those rebounds, that's impressive. And he's young enough still to, wow, he had only a 27% three-point shot. You feel like maybe you can teach that, maybe he can learn that a little bit. And so there's plenty to be looked at here with Philip Boston Again, needle mover moves, I think to a degree, yes. Now at the end, I'll be all. They still need to add three-point shooting. They still need to add a starting forward. But there are things here that look good. They probably need to add one more guard as well. There are things that if they get Cummings and Alston starting to develop a little bit of identity here. And they are starting to kind of build their team. Alston goes with that up-tempo type style as well. Could change things 
a little bit in, in a different style of play than we've seen under Jeff Cable here at Pitt. All right, folks, as always, thanks for listening. We'll have Dalton Miller from Pro Football Network here talk Kenny Pickett a little bit on the next episode. So look forward to that. We'll talk about his best landing spots, his NFL valuation, and where he will end up going. It's all coming up on Lockdown Pit, folks. As always, thanks for listening. And as always, hail to Pitt.